Tonight, we enter the final stretch of bowl games. Kayshawn Butte has pulled the Yoki doke How many Alabama players are going to be at the Senior Bowl? NIL impact on the NFL draft and a new team's going quarterback shopping. All that and more tonight on the Draft Countdown Podcast. Welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I am her co-host, Brian Bosarge, as always, with my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 119 days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, and 22 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. We have. We've had, we've had a big week for the draft, and uh, these bowl games keep going. But more importantly, we have the Senior Bowl guys declaring for the draft, all that, this week. And it's going to be a, a, a nice few weeks. You know, we're only... Uh, what three weeks away? Less than three weeks away to the underclassmen deadline. Yeah, it's 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 starting to get fast and furious. We're about what seven, six, seven weeks away from the Senior Bowl. So uh, NFL, what two weeks of the regular season left? I mean, we're getting we're getting down to it, Shane. Uh, anybody, if you're watching live tonight in the chat and you want to get your question answered in the show, ask it in the chat. Uh, go to Twitter at Draft Countdown since a, a question there. We will answer it at the end of the show, or if you're a member of our Discord, you can ask a question there, and we will answer it. If you want to become a member of our Discord, go to DraftCountdown.com, and up on the search bar, top right corner, is a link to uh, join our Discord for all kinds of NFL Draft discourse. We love to talk about it there. Uh, Shane, we uh, we have some movement in the uh, draft order. Uh, not necessarily at the top, but it's all of a sudden – not a foregone conclusion that the Houston Texans will be picking number one overall as they actually won a game this week. Uh, Chicago continues to lose. So now Chicago is, if I'm reading this right, uh, a half of a game behind uh, the Texans. They're tied in the loss column. So uh, Chicago now inching closer to that top pick. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy because I don't think it matters too much, like who has one and who has two, uh, because Chicago has their quarterback. Houston clearly does not, but it could be you know jostling for position, and I think the number two pick's a lot easier to trade than the number one pick, so it could definitely shake things up. Yes, but if you're Houston, you might actually end up coughing up some picks just to guarantee that nobody goes up to Chicago, similar to that uh, trade that the 49ers and them made a few years ago where they give up a three and a four or whatever just to move up one spot to make sure nobody uh, nobody gets their guy. But uh, Seattle now up to third thanks to uh, Denver continuing to lose. And uh, Denver has fired their coach this week to the shock of absolutely no one. Uh, Arizona now picking fourth, and I imagine Cliff Kingsbury will be uh, hitting that uh, unemployment line here pretty soon. Uh, Indianapolis now picking fifth. Uh, speaking of guys who will be back to coaching high school here soon, I assume Jeff Saturday uh, will, will be back there at some point. Uh, Atlanta picking sixth now. Uh, Detroit picking seventh with the Rams pick. Carolina picking eighth, but – could still win their division very easily. All they got to do is win out. And the Carolina Panthers are in the playoffs, not picking the top 10. Uh, picking ninth are the Las Vegas Raiders. And I teased in the open that a new team could be in that quarterback market here in the top 10. And that team is now the Las Vegas Raiders that they have benched Derek Carr for the rest of the year. 
I imagine they'll be moving on from him after this season. And the Raiders now firmly in that QB market. And Philadelphia rounds out the top 10, uh, picking 10th with the pick from New Orleans, who also could still technically make the playoffs. And I think for Vegas, it's a contractual thing. Basically, if, you know, if Derek Carr gets hurt these last two weeks and can't pass a physical, his entire contract next year is guaranteed. Bench him, and he can't get hurt. So it seems likely it gives them more of an out to get out from under him. Um, I, I think he's going to be one of the more intriguing free agent quarterbacks out on the market if he does get cut uh, or traded. And I think there are some teams that would say, hey, you know, the Jets, uh, maybe the Buccaneers, that, that would be very interested. Uh, but from a draft perspective, I, I think things are, are getting interesting. And once again, you know, we're going to be having some guests on the next couple of weeks talking about some of these teams. It's going to be interesting to see how the quarterback market kind of falls out with how teams are stacking up. And we have, you know, we have a good defensive front seven group that a lot of these top teams need. Speaking of getting interesting, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl just got interesting, Shane, as Kansas scored to cut it to eight and then recovered the onside kick. So they get the ball back one possession game with uh, one and a, one minute, 10 seconds left for those who have picked them in their bowl pick them sheet. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no one here, Brian, right? You... No, 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 no rooting interest in that at all. Uh, so, been some movement here on the who's in, who's out this week for the 2023 draft. Uh, Sam Hartman, quarterback of Wake Forest, uh, probably a day three candidate uh, at the position, has uh, entered the transfer portal after Wake Forest bowl game, and uh, his next destination likely South Bend, correct? Yeah, it seems like he's likely to go to Notre Dame. A big offensive change for him, a big upgrade at quarterback for Notre Dame. Uh, so I, I think it's uh, the best of both worlds. Uh, good for Sam Hartman, who looked looked impressive this season in once he got healthy and back. Uh, another big change this week, something I mentioned in the open, Kayshawn Butte, the wide receiver from LSU, said he was going back to LSU to uh, play next season. And um, then now he's not, as he today is. Changed his mind and entered the NFL draft. Shane, you have a theory. I think when Jaden Daniels, their quarterback, said that he's coming back to LSU, I think that's when Keyshawn Boutte was ready to bail. I mean, you know, it got better toward the end of the season, but for a lot of the season, Daniels just couldn't even get the ball to him. I don't think next year was going to be any better. So you might as well declare, yeah, maybe Keyshawn Boutte is not a first-round pick. Still a chance if he works out really well. But I think more like George Pickens early day two, you take a shot on that receiver upside. I think this really helps the receiver class. That was lacking a little bit after the first round. This really rounds it out nicely. Um, on the sliding scale spectrum here of LSU wide receivers, would you say he's more closer to Jamar Chase or closer to Terrence Marshall? Um, I, that's a good question. I think he's between the two. Um, you know, I, I think I would put him. I think probably he was closest to as a prospect, not an NFL player. Is probably Justin Jefferson. Now we've seen Justin Jefferson become the best receiver maybe in the NFL. So and that's not what I'm saying about Keyshawn Boutte, but I think there's some similarities there with, you know, Boutte played second fiddle. And when he got his chance, he really excelled as a freshman and then kind of fell back past that. So I think he's somewhere between Terrace Marshall and Justin Jefferson and kind of settles as a prospect between those two. There you go. Uh, did we, did I miss anybody else this week in the in or out? No, I I, th I think that's good. I don't have my sheet pulled up of uh, either, but I, I I think that's the main people. I think we've had some you know small declarations or guys that ran out of eligibility, that kind of thing. Yep, Kansas just scored by the way, two point conversion pending. Um, senior Bowl this week, Shane. Uh, right after we went off the air last week, Jim Nagy decided to start dropping names because uh, that's kind of what he does. You know, I think he listens to the podcast and knows he's going to ruin our segment here and just drop five names as soon as we go off the air. But uh, all total this week, seven new names added to the Senior Bowl roster, uh, including a pair from Alabama. And these two may be the best two that they've announced so far, prospect wise, in my opinion uh, linebacker Henry Toto Toto and uh, safety Jordan Battle, both uh, going to play at the Senior Bowl this year. 
I, I think Toto Toto is a solid day two pick. He's he's a much improved this season as a player on that front seven. Good tackler, played well at Tennessee. Jordan Battle, maybe more a day three guy. I don't think he lived up to expectations coming into the year, but still a good senior bowl addition to get an Alabama player who's going to get drafted. I think you snatch those guys up. With Battle, it now becomes the ninth Alabama player to accept an invite to this year's senior bowl. That is one shy of a record set in 1987 when then Alabama quarterback Mike Shula was the MVP of the Senior Bowl. Uh, footnote, that was the first Senior Bowl game I ever attended. So look at that. History brings itself back around <laughs> uh, in Mobile. Um, other players coming in this week. Uh, we got a Mac, some Mac shit happening here. Defensive lineman uh, Carl Brooks, Bowling Green, Shane. Yeah, yeah, um, I, to, which is an interesting one. I don't think you have a lot of Bowling Green players that always end up at the Senior Bowl. Um, so I, I didn't necessarily expect Carl Brooks to to be there. He's definitely a player I've watched. I went back when I saw it and looked at my notes, and then I definitely need to go back and watch him um, a little bit more. But I know he's one of you know he's one of the pro football focus guys, one of the analytics players, kind of darlings there. Uh, the fifth quarterback to accept an invite uh, this week became Jaron Hall the quarterback from BYU um, got some work to do, I believe to get in that top 100 area, but uh, you know, who knows what could happen in mobile. And, and I really think that Jared Hall can be, you know, can be a better NFL player than I think a lot of people are viewing him. Cause I don't think he's that dissimilar to what Zach Wilson did at BYU, but isn't going to have the draft capital. Right. Cause I think Jaron Hall um, had to deal with a little more pressure, had to deal with a little more adversity. So I actually like taking taking Hall in the fourth round, trying to develop him a little bit. I think he can be a solid NFL backup. So I like the addition, older prospect to quarterback. Um, I'd be interested to hear from you when you're down there how how he does. Yeah, that uh, that Zach Wilson ain't working out, is it? High expectations when you're the number two overall pick, and you better you better meet him quick. Um. Florida A&M linebacker Isaiah Land, I know you were a big fan of him coming into the season. 6'4", 215, long, lean guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he led the nation in sacks last year and uh, was was on a tear this year for much of it. So Isaiah Land, really good pass rusher, um, transferred down to Florida A&M, so he definitely has the talent. It's going to be a good addition there. Um, another defensive line prospect just added yesterday – um, maybe a bit undersized for being interior defensive lineman, so I assume he's probably going to be more of that 43 uh, end here. Uh, Tavius Robinson from uh, Mississippi comes in 6'6", uh, 265, probably more of an edge. Yeah, I think he'll probably be an edge. Maybe, you know, he can bulk up a little bit, play five tech in some of these defenses, um, but he is that kind of classic tweener. He's tall, plays a little bit high, uh, but, you know, you see him – with the explosiveness off the line is really impressive. Some of us moved up my board a lot. He's up to my number 21 defensive lineman and definitely has been rising. So I'm interested to, to see him. Uh, last edition this week, Shane, and you uh, kind of talked me into this one a little bit was Northwestern running back Evan Hall. Yeah, look, he's, he's really good this season. Not a player I expected to declare for the draft. He's only a four year player. He had another year of eligibility. But he, he was Northwestern's offense, you know, 5'11", 210, runs really low to the ground, powerful runner, um, and did well against some good competition. So I, I think he's worth watching. I don't think he's got to be the most athletic player in the world, but could be kind of a short yardage back that uh, finds a role in the NFL. I want to come back around to the quarterback position here in the All-Star game. So we're going to kind of elaborate more on this a little bit later when we talk about uh, NIL, NIL impact on the draft. But uh, it really seems to be having an impact here so far on these quarterback invitations going out for all-star games. Because normally we would have a lot more of them by now than we do. Senior Bowl has five. Uh, and we assume that Will Levis, uh, the quarterback from Kentucky, is the uh, is is the last 
uh, last one we're waiting on here. If Will Levis uh, were to pass on the Senior Bowl, um, there is not a whole lot <laughs> that you would aspire to. I looked. The, I looked earlier, and I know we've dogged on Taylor Tanner Mackey from Stanford. He's probably the next best guy up. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think Tanner McKee's probably, probably the next best up, and he might not be draftable. So, and that's not good. I mean, other yeah. guys that you would consider Cam Rising from Utah, no. Uh, Tanner Mordecai, SMU. I mean, you start running out of names, and I did catch uh, every week. Jim Nagy does a. Uh, does a a radio show locally here. And I got the chance to catch it uh, Tuesday. And he mentioned that, you know, earlier this season, I thought Stetson Bennett was going to be that guy just based off tweets and everything else so much that he was one of my guesses in my senior bowl column does not sound like he is as well thought of as maybe he was at the start of the season there. Uh, he also said they had an invite out to Keaton Slovis, the pit quarterback. And I told you that in our, uh, in our uh, Discord chat, and you were like, wow. Uh, but Slovis obviously went back to school and is transferred now to, to BYU. So then he said something that interested me. He said, now we're sitting here staring at our board and cards like – Sean Clifford oh, are no. staring at him. And I am like, did I just hear that Sean Clifford is in line to get a senior role invite if Will Levis or one of these other quarterbacks pull out? Holy crap. I mean, at least like – at least make a run at, at Dorian Thompson Robinson or, or like take Cam rising for gosh sakes. But Give Sean me Malik Clifford. Cunningham from Louisville. Yeah. Right. That's, uh, that's what I'm saying. Do not I, make me watch Sean Clifford for four days. <laughs> I'd rather have Taylor Morgan. Who's going, I, I, he's going to like the hula bowl or something. I'd rather have him than Sean Clifford. So with that said, I started looking at the other all-star games so far to see what quarterbacks they have. The Shrine game currently has two. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who should be in Mobile, but I'm pretty sure he's just playing at the Shrine because he's from Vegas. That's right. fine. And the other is Aiden O'Connell from Purdue. Whatever. That's all they had. They had Clayton Toon. He's gone up to the Senior Bowl. The NFLPA currently has zero. No quarterbacks have accepted invites to the NFLPA game. The Hula Bowl has six. And the only one at this point on their roster that I would even consider more than a camp arm is Malik Cunningham. The only person with any upside whatsoever. Right. The others are Chase Bryce from App State. No. Holton Aylers from East Carolina. No. Tim DeMorit from Fordham. I have no idea. Lindsey Scott from McCarnet Word. Uh, Seven-year college player. Had a great season. Malik Cunningham and you mentioned Tanner Morgan. Those are currently the six quarterbacks slated to go to the Hula Bowl. That ain't a shining star in that bunch. No, no. I mean, like I said, so it's uh, it's, and we're going to get into a little bit more as the reasons why we think this is happening later. But it's it's rough. But I heard Sean Clifford out of that man's mouth, and maybe I'm I'm hopefully I misheard him. That this is not actually I, a consideration. I, well, I I mean, of the quarterbacks that haven't accepted an invite, like, I sure you know. I mean, that's that's where you're at. He, that's where you're he is a quarterback that hasn't accepted an invite. I'll give you that. Right. Well, let's put quarterback in air quotes here because that's just the position he plays. He is. Well, that's why I don't understand why you don't you would wouldn't take Stetson Bennett, right? Like, I mean, yeah, just at if that you're point, gonna take a guy for at the that school, point, just like, take a name, right? Take the school, <laughs> take and, the SEC name guy that might sell a ticket. Yeah. Oh, Sean Clifford is is just the worst. Let's let's, let's hope we don't get that at least. All right, Shane. Uh, week two bowl games, and it was another rough week for us. What it? <laughs> um, not a whole lot to write about. Your column was short. My column was short. It wasn't a whole lot to write about. We'll start with you, Shane. Uh, 
Best player. Oh, I didn't change it. Sorry about that. Right. <laughs> Best player you watched this week was Kobe Turner, the defensive lineman from Wake Forest. Yeah, I mean, Wake Forest had a pretty dominant game against Missouri th- this past week. And and honestly, I, I think Kobe Turner was a big reason why defensive lineman, he's going to the Shrine game, 6'3", 290, has just had a really, really good season in general. Not a big play player, but really a solid kind of gap-disciplined player who can two-gap a little bit, plays well against the run. But we saw against Missouri him unlock some of that pass rush ability, some of the explosiveness, get into the backfield, pressure the quarterback, get sacks, um, really high uh, PFF rating. So, uh, you know, Kobe Turner to me is a draftable player. I think early day three, you bring him into a bigger front, a 3-4 front, um, and I think he can play a you know, five-tech position, can play a three-tech position. He can slide in there on some of those rushing downs and, and help you out. I, I think he's an underrated player, and this bowl game helps solidify that for me. I think you're muted there, Brent. Solid player for sure. I think he's firmly on that cusp of fourth, fifth round area. Uh, you know, rotational probably guy as a rookie uh, that can has uh, impact upside. Uh, fun player I watched in the uh, Hawaii Bowl between Middle Tennessee and Hawaii, what, uh, Middle Tennessee and San Diego State was uh, Middle Tennessee edge rusher Jordan Ferguson. Highly productive guy uh, in his career and a very versatile player. Uh, five tackles in this game, had a tackle for loss, had an interception, had a pass breakup, caught a, caught a touchdown pass in this game. So very, very fun way to go out uh, in, that, uh, in, that, in that game. Uh, currently slated to play in the Hula Bowl. Uh, probably a late day three priority free agent, if I had to guess. A bit undersized, but uh, has been, like I said, production is there. Don't know how athletic he is, but he he finished his place. So I'll give him that. Yeah, you know, he he's he's definitely interesting because I I think um, Middle Tennessee has a couple of good defensive players, but I think Ferguson unlocks some of their potential with having some of that pass rush ability. He's made it easier on some of the defensive backs. So good good choice there. And um, I haven't watched that bowl game yet, but it's on my list, and so I'm excited. I want to see him catch the touchdown. Yeah, it's, I mean, it wasn't he, he wasn't catch, he wasn't splitting the seam or anything here. Make 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 no mistake about that. Uh, quickly, I mean, let's let's touch on this. I, I should have did this before we just did the last segment. That's that's pro that's producer error on my part. But uh, NIL is having a bigger impact initially this year on day three of the NFL draft, I think, than maybe some of us anticipated. Um, because it's like, let's use Bo Nix as an example, a guy who probably early day three quarterback, Michael Penix in that same area, they both go back to school and are going to get big cash. Whereas had they entered the draft, they're going to get what? $700,000 guaranteed contracts this year as rookies. So you start seeing that impact there and the trickle-down effect it's, start, it's starting to have. And is it going to balance itself out over time? Probably. But I think initially, to me, that was my first thought I had with, with NIL impact on the draft. Well, I think there's definitely an impact um, on the draft. Like you said, I think when you start weighing those options, that's going to be a consideration. You know, I'll say – I think it's tough right now to pull apart the impact on the NFL draft because we have NIL. We have that COVID extra year of eligibility where everyone is still super old and still going to be super old in the 2024 draft. So you go, so a lot of these guys, you know, Bonix wouldn't be able to go back to school normally, right. you know? So I, it's like, I think that has a big impact uh, obviously on the two. And then I think the transfer portal is a big one, even, you know, your, your examples didn't talk about that, but we definitely have a lot of players who I think if they couldn't transfer or had to sit out a year, we'll just go to the draft, you know, and Sam, maybe get Sam Hartman. Right. Like just go, you know, get picked in the seventh round, try to make an NFL team. So I, I think all three of just, just the, where we're at with college football 
has an impact and has caused some guys to go back. But you know, at the same time, we, we always had players go back to school. There are always those surprises. I think there are always players who went back. But now it's like almost everyone seems to have a decision to make. And like you said, if you're not undrafted or whatever, you take the money. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's good. I think it's kind of what the NL was meant to do was to pay some of these players that aren't going to go to the NFL and not going to make it, um, you know, go back to school and collect it. So, you know, I'm for it. I know it hurts that day three a bit, but uh, we'll see. I think in a couple years, things will even itself out for sure. It's wreaking havoc on the spreadsheet there, uh, Shane. I can tell you that. Yeah, that, that is true. It, I, <laughs> I still got guys. I'm looking at my 23 rankings right now. I'm like, oh, I didn't change this guy. I didn't put Emory Jones over, you know. Yeah, it's like it's, I got a ton of guys. To get yeah. So so anybody who, are, who is looking at draft rankings on draft count after the 2023 draft, bear with us. It's going to take some time to weed out guys uh, who have uh, gone back to school or transferred or – something along those lines we're, we're we're working as fast as we can here uh on on updating those rankings and stuff to it but yeah it is uh, the you're right the covid year it's all just one big storm of mess and it's it's not like i said it's not really impacting the first two days of the draft because those guys were going to be there anyway right those are the top of the top the cream of the crop guys it's the day three guys that if you get that advisory grade telling you eh, you're not going in the first three rounds or first two rounds or whatever, those guys are okay. I could stay here, make a little coin, enjoy another year of college, and you know maybe maybe get better next year because you know age used to be a big deal, and now it's like we're gonna have to start stop thinking of that at least for another couple of years anyway till this the COVID eligibility runs out. I, it's still going to be a while because, I mean, there are even guys I thought their eligibility is up. I mean, I, I'm looking at Sam Hartman's – Sam Hartman's, like, playing, and I'm like, how is he still eligible to get to, to go another year? You know, but I think I think that COVID year and, and some of the lax rules now have changed it. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll even say because, you know, from a, a fantasy football perspective, I'm looking at a lot of the skill positions – uh, still, still pretty deep. I still think we have a decent more guys maybe declared than I expected. Guys like Izzy Abanaconda and Dwayne McBride, I thought could go back to school, make some NIL money, maybe get into you know round two, uh, but are deciding to go. So it, it's got to make for an interesting draft as well. I, I feel like we're especially seeing it at the quarterback position though. Because those Cause, guys, cause they're, they're going to get gonna, paid if you're a quarterback. Yeah, they're so. going to make the most money nil money, so because they're the right. visible face, so that it makes fair. more sense. That is fair, yeah. Um. All right, Shane. Let's 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 turn and burn these these bowl games here. The last uh, last week of bowl games here. We'll we'll try to get through this quickly. Uh, earlier today, the military bowl, Duke and UCF was on ESPN. I watched this game. Uh, actually, I just finished it before we went on the air. Uh, good performance for 2024 uh, quarterback prospect Riley Leonard. I think you're coming around on him. I saw your tweet earlier today, uh, Mobile area native. So anxious to see how he continues uh, to progress. But uh, UCF, uh, Duke Duke pulled this one out, uh, got the dub. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was impressed with Riley Leonard and, um, and, and UCF long snapper Alex Ward as well, going to be at the senior bowl. Senior bowl. Uh, guy there. You know who's not going to be an NFL quarterback? John Reese Plumley. Just to say. No. Uh, Liberty Bowl still going on, Shane. We are in overtime here now. You're slated to watch this one. Kicked off at 4.30 here. Uh, 45 all after one overtime period here. Uh, Arkansas has get, been getting some big plays from wide receiver Matt Landers. Uh, one of the uh, few in this draft class that played in this game. Uh, K.J. Jefferson went back to school. Uh, Kansas, a couple of guys here to watch out for as well. But uh, So, yeah, it's been a fun game from what I've had on the TV here. Yeah, it's been fun. Once again, it's been a lot of 2024 players. K.J. Jefferson, the quarterback for Arkansas, could definitely be a senior bowl candidate next year. He's played well. So, we'll, we'll see. I got this one on the background here. Uh, We'll see how this ends up. I think you and I are rooting for different sides. <laughs> uh, Holiday Bowl is about to head to halftime 
That game's over on Fox right now, North Carolina and Oregon. Maybe the one of the better bowl matchups out there, uh, especially for 2024 quarterback prospects, Drake May from North Carolina, uh, Bo Nix from Oregon, who we just talked about, uh, went back to school. Uh, not sure if Drake May has his receivers in this game. So, but you got Antoine Green, uh, you know, okay. but no, 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 no Josh Downs, no, no Josh Downs in this one. Um, Oregon, I know, is without Noah Sewell, their linebacker, as he has opted out and entered the draft. Uh, not sure how their other defensive players are, but uh, that game, I believe, is tied at 21 or North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina just scored a touchdown, so 21 14. 21 Oregon is favored by two touchdowns, so wow, okay. Uh, currently being played on ESPN News as they await the end of the Liberty Bowl is the Texas Bowl between Mississippi and Texas Tech. Um, I don't know. I like Texas Tech in this game. I, I thought they and they're winning six to nothing, I believe, right now early. Um, my favorite player for Texas Tech transferred to Houston. So <laughs> obviously not playing in this game. Uh a lot of younger guys for the Rebels to watch, uh, not for this draft class, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, you know, that, that's kind that of, is, the, once again, next year, you know, next year kind of guys. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But Tyler Shock is uh, in at quarterback for Texas Tech and uh, starting off hot. So we'll see what happens. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon from the Bronx, the Pinstripe Bowl, Minnesota and Syracuse. And we will see no Sean Tucker. We will see no Michael Jones. We will see no Garrett Williams. We will see. I don't know who else we're going to see for Syracuse. Uh, Minnesota. Not sure who I was going to play on that one either. But uh, anybody you like in this game, Shane? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we'll see. It seems like Minnesota, a lot of the players are going to play. I'm not sure. I think John Michael Schmitz, their center is. He's probably their best prospect. Um, and I believe he's playing, so he's a potential D2 guy. Is, is Ibrahim playing? Uh, I haven't seen anything that he's not, So which which makes me think that he is. But, it, you know, I, sometimes that last minute is when you find out. Uh, Cheez-It Bowl. This one should be could be a fun game. 4.30 tomorrow on ESPN. Shane, you'll be watching Florida State and Oklahoma. Florida State, sneaky good team for next year. Yeah, I, I think they – I think ACC is between them and Clemson next year, to be honest with you. I mean, their quarterback, Jordan Travis, already announced he's going back to school. Um, but he's, you know, I, I think he's a, a decent quarterback option next year. And we'll see if, uh, you know, some of these Oklahoma guys waiting on Marvin Mims, their receiver, see if he's going to declare. Influx of weapons coming in there for Florida State, too, with Jaheim Bell and some others. Uh, still waiting on Jared Verse. Uh, name I thought that we might see at the Senior Bowl. Have not seen any sort of declaration uh, from him just yet. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's interesting. Alamo Bowl tomorrow night, Shane, uh, on ESPN. You'll be watching Texas and Washington. We mentioned Michael Penix uh, going back to school. Uh, he'll be quarterbacking for the Huskies in this game. We are to believe that both of their wide receivers, McMillan and Adunze, also going back to school. So they are set up to make a run next year. And um, their probably top prospect in this game that's playing is Jackson Kirkland, uh, their tackle guard. Uh, Texas uh, got a handful of guys probably not playing in this one, but I know you're looking forward to see Quinn Ewers development next year. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see. And they also have Arch Manning coming in as a true freshman. So, you know, a little, little bit of breath. Watch go back. There, um, but, yeah, we got official word Jalen McMillan's going back to school. But Roma Duse still waiting on it. I, I definitely expect him to go back as well. Um, Friday, the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, Maryland and NC State. Um we'll see how many receivers for Maryland actually play in this game. I know, I don't think Dante Demas is playing. Um, his, he has, Jarrett, yeah. or Rakeem Jarrett. They both entered the draft. Uh, Jacob Copeland may be playing. Uh, Talia Tungavailoa. Uh, 
I just assume he's going back to school. NC State's got a lot of defensive guys to like um, on their on their side of the field. Yeah, yeah, I, I think this actually could be a pretty good game. I mean, NC State's, I think, building, uh, have, they have some good young players, and it seems like a lot of their draft guys, Peyton Wilson, the linebacker, is going to play, hopefully Drake Thomas, so we'll see what happens. Sun Bowl between Pitt and UCLA, and you'll be watching this one on CBS at 1 o'clock Friday. Um, Pitt seems to have got hit by the uh, we're not playing uh, with – Servassier Dennis and uh, Kalijah Can- Clancy, or is yeah. that right? They have 11 guys not playing in this game. So, that uh, UCLA, uh, <laughs> the, betting, the betting favorite here, because uh, I believe DTR is playing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good, good luck, Pitt. Good luck. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a rough, rough game for Pitt. Their, um, their third string quarterback. That starting is he's actually started the most bowl games and he's played the most bowl games in pit history because he plays every bowl game when none of the quarterbacks play. That's sad. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. Nick Patty. So yeah, he played last year, you know, when Kenny Pickett didn't play playing this year. Obviously the game of the week is the Gator bowl, the tax player <laughs> Gator bowl here in Jacksonville, uh, 2 30 PM on ESPN Friday. Uh, important here because I'll be there live yeah. saying, uh, covering this one for Draft Countdown. I'm uh, driving down to Jacksonville tomorrow afternoon uh, for the game on Friday. Can't wait to see it. Not sure how many Notre Dame players I'm going to get to see uh, in this one. Brandon Joseph, I don't know that he has said yay or nay yet, or Jared Patterson for that matter. Um, so... We'll see South Carolina, some players with decisions to make. None bigger than probably Spencer Rattler, the uh, quarterback there, uh, as well as Juice Wells, the wide receiver, uh, could be leaning towards the draft possibly. Uh, Josh Van is not going to play. Jordan Birch, their edge rusher, also says he has not made his decision yet on whether he is going to enter the NFL draft. So we'll see uh, some some some. Guys on the fence there for South Carolina. They're all going to play in the bowl game, though. So we'll see how. Yeah, that yeah, that, that's exciting. I'm excited for you to be down there, man. It's going to be uh, awesome to see Draft Countdown covering it. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Pretty pumped. Uh, Draft Countdown founder uh, Scott Wright, you know, big big Notre Dame guy. So hopefully he sees an L on Friday. You know, <laughs> you hate to see it. Uh, also on Friday on Barstool, three thirty p.m. Uh, Ohio and Wyoming, Shane. Uh, yeah, just not a whole lot happening here. No, I mean uh, Titus when you know Wyoming's running back. I think he's transferring, so there's no one really for me to watch uh, in this one. We may just we'll give you a pass if you skip that one, Shane. Uh, no, look, I'll 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 find a way, find a way to watch it. Oh, brutal. All right. Golly. Jaden Daniels stopped on the two-point conversion at the half-yard line, saying looks like Arkansas is going to win this one. There you go. But uh, Orange Bowl Friday night, Clemson and Tennessee. Um, so we're anxious to see who how that's going to go there. Tennessee, how many guys do they got left? Uh, or is any other offensive lineman playing? We know uh, Hendon Hooker's out. And then we got Clemson. Not sure how they've been hit. Is Brian Breezy and uh, has not made a decision yet, right? Yeah, I, I haven't seen him officially. I mean, you know, you, you got to expect that uh, that he's going to declare. But it looks like most of Tennessee is playing in this game. Um, they almost everyone is going to play for them. So that's that's kind of exciting. All the offensive linemen, defensive guys should be good. Um, hold up, Shane. We have targeting. <laughs> On the two-point conversion, like, like, <laughs> the game must continue. The people watching, the people listening to this, like three days later, are gonna be like, "What? What is going on?" <laughs> I can't help it. Um, Sugar Bowl will be at 11 a.m. on New Year's Eve. Um, I don't know. May, I probably won't be home in time to uh, catch this one live. I have to listen to this one on the old radio. But uh, Alabama and Kansas State playing in New Orleans and Alabama. Uh, looks like they're going to have the full allotment here 
Uh, everybody's playing. I was shocked, especially when I decided to pick Kansas State. That was my whole logic behind that was, you know, Alabama would have defections. They did not. So going to be an interesting matchup. And I think Kansas State can win in some spots. And I just want to talk because I don't really feel like we've talked about him a lot. I, I've grown to like Malik Knowles as an offensive playmaker uh, over the last month or so. Uh, do, you, do you like Knowles? Yeah, yeah. I think he's been impressive. He's stepped up as their kind of number one receiver for Kansas State. Got them that Big 12 victory. So I like it. Um, if he can do this against Alabama, that'll be pretty impressive. Um, the rumor is that a lot of the NIL deals for these Alabama players have hinged on playing in the bowl game. Gotta like those contract riders. Uh, Music City Bowl, Iowa, Kentucky. We're gonna breeze through this one because I I think there's not a lot happening uh, there with these guys. A lot of opt outs in this game. Yeah, I, I yeah bet I, the I, under. Yeah, I haven't seen if Lucas Van Ness is playing for Iowa. I like him a lot, but it's it's gonna be rough. Sam Laporta um, seems like he's declaring for the draft. The tight end from Iowa as well. We we riding the under there, Shane. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to imagine it's not going to be very high scoring. <laughs> um, college ball playoff, Michigan and TCU, the Fiesta Bowl, 3 p.m. I'll be watching this one, Shane. Obviously, everybody's full allotment here. Uh, quickly, we'll touch on – let's give you a couple guesses here. Uh, Jim Nagy said that Senior Bowl were waiting on a couple of underclassmen from Michigan. Uh, any, any guesses there? I, I would guess it's going to be on the defensive line. Mozzie Smith, um, super athletic defensive lineman. I could see, you know, he, he's a four-year guy, so I think he's technically a junior still. Um, would That would make a lot of sense to me. And, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think who else would be uh, maybe Mike Morris, the other defensive lineman there. I know those two would make a lot of sense. Maybe, maybe talked- Blake Corum if you'd graduate. I don't know if he graduated, but – We've talked about TCU a lot the last few weeks. Max Duggan, of course, can play at the Senior Bowl, so we'll uh, we'll see that. Uh, yeah. Other semifinal game, Shane. I know you'll be uh, you're jazzed for this one. Georgia and your Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, this is is this the I can be the number one pick game for CJ Stroud? I mean, do you need to see him deal against Georgia to solidify that? Yeah, I, I think this is going to be the defining game for if he can be the number one overall pick. Because I think right now the general consensus is Bryce Young's going there. But I think if Bryce Young measures in pretty short, there'll be some questions. But if CJ Stroud can go out there and, and light up uh, Georgia without Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think people will be very impressed. It's going to be it's going to be a tough game. Um, and we'll get to see you know some of this Georgia front seven. Go up against Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones, and Matthew Jones. I think that that matchup's going to determine the game. Uh, one, two, uh, 23, the Reliquest Bowl, Illinois and Mississippi State. Of course, this game being played in Tampa. Uh, Mississippi State playing, you know, with heavy hearts for their head coach, Mike Leach, passed away. Um, not a whole lot of people giving Illinois much, much of a shot in this one. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel bad because I think Illinois is a fun, darling team this year, but no one's going to be rooting for him, no, unfortunately. No, no, nobody's pulling for him in this one. Uh, Cotton Bowl at 12 o'clock on that day. Tulane and Southern Cal. You giving the Green Wave any shot here? Yeah, I think I have a little bit of chance because I think the, the the strength is that defense, right? Dorian Williams, a linebacker you like a lot. Um, he's probably going to have to spy Caleb Williams, and we'll, we'll see what happens. So, Tajay Spears, the running back. I think if Tulane can run the football and get a couple stops, I think it could be close. What would have happened there? He got a senior bowl invite like a month ago. We haven't heard anything follow up. Is he going back to school, maybe? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I know Michael Pratt's going back to school, and he's going back to Tulane. So well, maybe maybe they're bringing it back. Maybe we'll find out. Um, Citrus Bowl, LSU and Purdue. Uh yeah, this game got hit hard by the we're not playing <laughs> in the last few days. So, yeah, I'm not sure who's left. Like Charlie yeah. Jones? <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you get Chuck Sizzle in there. But 
Payne Durham, perhaps. I think it's going to be uh, another one that's just bereft of NFL talent there. And finally, the Rose Bowl, Penn State and Utah, and these SOBs better not go long. That's all I got to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, I actually think this game could be pretty good. You know, we saw Utah last year, the good Rose Bowl game against Ohio State, and Penn State has some good young running backs. Um, I think it might be a good good game. Indeed, sir. Indeed. Um, all right, so – we didn't have any questions in chat or the Discord or on Twitter. So I have a question for you, Shane, because on the Twitter machine, after you posted your 2024 mock draft on Monday, whole lot of uh, flack. Why are you doing this? Why are we have this content? Why are we posting? Why are the 2023 drafts not here? Why? Explain to the listeners out there, why you put out 2024 and to an extent 2025 mock drafts during this cycle? Well, I, I think, I think there's two, two kind of approaches to me. One is I think, I think it's good to know the names, right? You know, cause we're going to, you're going to get people that are going to start searching for 2024 right after 23 is over. They're looking at it now just to get some ideas of who are the next best players, where do they play and the mock drafts really the easiest way to comprehend that, even easier than rankings, right? I mean, to really see who, who's a first-round pick, who's a second-round pick, it's going to be drastically different. I don't have to make any indication that this is super accurate. That's not what we're trying to do. It's trying to give it a digestible way for people to get these names. Like, oh, I, you know, I should look into this guy, look into this guy, YouTube, you know, look at this player. Um, and, and, you know, my 24 mocks are a combination of some guys I like coming out of high school that haven't played yet that I think are good, that might never do anything, and guys that are good that are going back or transferring or whatever. Um, so, I, so I think that's that's a big piece. And that's why I want to get – I think it's always – you can always look ahead a little bit and know who those players are. Uh, the other thing is, you know, for the website, not a lot of people are doing it. Not a lot of people are doing this. And it's honestly the 2024 mocks are one of the most viewed things on our website. Like that's – when you search 2024 mock draft, we're in the top three results. Um, this mock I just posted for some reason rounds four through seven is what pops up on Google. Like, you know, people are going to find this and have, I mean, th this has been probably our, our most viewed article on the website, this draft season so far, pretty close to it. Um, it's been in the two day span that it was up. Um, so, you know, I, I think I definitely like to do that. I like to be at that forefront, especially with some of the fantasy football Debbie stuff I'm doing. I'm watching a lot of these players already coming out of high school. You know, why, why not post it up on our site? We're, we're the draft website. Like, let, let's do it. And it also helps us in the future because once people start searching for 2024 stuff, we're, we're already at the top. We're already we're at there. the top. You know, we're already doing it. So I think that's going to just help build draft countdown in the future, too. Um, once again, I'm, I'm not pretending to be accurate with this, but I think I get we get we get questions on the podcast about 2024 guys. So like people are interested, why not give them the content? And especially when I've watched most of these players, um, it's worth doing. Exactly, hundred percent. I agree. And it's like I don't understand. I, I I get the sentiment because everybody wants to live in the now. You know what what is helping me now? But I mean it's. We're, we're like you said, this is setting us up and the 2025 stuff the same way. And guess what? All you people who are worried about it, I can almost guarantee you at some point in May, Shane over here is going to have a 2026 mock draft going up. Mm -hmm. So just go ahead and get ready for it because it's coming. Yeah. And, you know, I think the other thing is it's going to be fun after this draft's over. I'm going to go back and look at my 2024 mock from you know, when we started the site, right. You know, in August of last yeah. year and let's, let's take a look and see. And I bet some players match up. So maybe it's not as futile an exercise as people think. I, I, I don't think it is. It's not for me. I'll right. say oh, yeah, fair. We had that discussion when we were watching the site. I'm like, you, I, I, I'm, I'm in one draft cycle and that's it. But Shane is obviously well versed in these prospects and is comfortable enough to do this. So I'm not going to stop him. 
I would give one one more example because like I haven't bought Madden for a year or two, but I remember you know in Madden as you move up the years you can import drafts, and guess what? Whoever's making those drafts, guess what they're doing? They're trying to look up who, the twenty twenty six draft right now to find out players, and I guarantee you they're coming to our site. Like that's the only place you're going to get it. Um, I, so I wish there were more accurate mock drafts out there for these future years that we're looking at this. Yep. So yeah, suck on that guys who didn't <laughs> like it. All right. So enough bitterness and all that. Let's, let's give some thanks right now, Shane It's 2022 as coming to a close, you know, we've only got a few more days left in this good year. And this has been a good year for draft countdown. Uh, obviously, I mean, from the relaunch last year, when we relaunched in August of 21, every month, the pre- following year this year, August, September, October, November, into now December, the views, page views and everything has gone up exponentially from last year to this year. And we can't do that without the stuff, uh, adding the new content like we've done this year, at bringing in Brad, bringing in Miranda, you know, to, to help grow the brand of draft countdown, so to speak, without you constantly churning out these big mock drafts every week without our, you know, the podcast, everything, everything's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, the sky's the limit, right? I mean, it's just going to, we, we, we want to see the continue, continue growth through 2023, but 2022 has been so great. Yeah, it's been a great year. I mean, I'm appreciative of everyone that listens to this, that goes and visits the site that has stumbled upon it. I mean, um, I, I appreciate all the feedback that we've gotten, but you know, your support is what's made draft countdown. So good. I'm definitely appreciative of, you know, Brian, I'm appreciative of, of Scott for giving us this opportunity. And then, you know, Brad and Miranda for joining the team this year and building the staff, you know, we're putting a lot of the, you know, all the ad money back into the site and trying to keep making it bigger and better in the future. And, and hopefully it'll be the, the premier site for the draft. Um, yeah, I think it's close as it is, but sooner rather than later, I think it's people are going to be buzzing even more. So thank you, everyone, for for going there and bringing this thing back. Absolutely. Um, well, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of the Draft Countdown Podcast. Uh, if you are following new to the channel, like the channel, subscribe, uh, hit the notification bell so you can be notified when we go live each and every week with our podcast. And during Senior Bowl time, we're going to be going live a lot more. Uh, combine as well. Any big draft event, you know, you'll get more than us once a week uh, during those events. So you want you want to get subscribe and get notified when we go live. Uh, if you listen to us in audio form, we ask that you give us a nice review, five star review. Write a little dissertation there about why you like the site. Share it with share it out on your social media so more people can uh, find the Draft Countdown podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. You can follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. You can follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. And go to DraftCountdown.com for all of your NFL draft daily content. For Shane, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody. 